Hello, and welcome to the Diet Diatribe podcast. This is your host, Sarah, and this is my Diet Diatribe for the week ending in June 21st. So this was an interesting week for me. I started doing the intermittent fasting again. I had stopped doing it for a little while and I started recently and I actually bit the bullet and went and bought a scale. Now this is a big thing for me. I usually have a scale in the bathroom quite I've had one probably for the last five years in the bathroom and then I made a move from San Diego to the Midwest and moved it from a large home into a smaller place temporarily before we purchase a larger home and it's in a box somewhere in the basement. So for the last three months I have not had a scale. So it's also been that lock-in quarantine time in my household. So. I haven't been weighing myself and I've been pretty much eating whatever I want and drinking every night, whether it be a glass of wine or a shot of whiskey or whatever. So my weight has kind of fluctuated in an upward manner for the last three months and I am now probably at one of the heaviest weights I've ever been in. And that being said, I am not very comfortable with all of that. And I think one of the biggest reasons, besides just the (laughs) uncontrolled alcohol intake every day, because I don't have to get up and go into the office the next day, is a sugar craving. Now, sugar craving has been probably my biggest enemy throughout the whole dieting process. I have a sweet tooth. I've always had a sweet tooth. And it's something that if I get under control and either stop eating it or limit it very, very drastically, then my weight stays in check. But if I don't and I let my sugar (laughs) cravings take control of things, then my weight kind of skyrockets, unfortunately. Um, So today that's what I really want to talk about on the podcast is sugar and what it does to your body first of all and then what you can do to eliminate or reduce those sugar cravings. I found this particular article on WebMD and it's basically titled How Does Too Much Sugar Affect Your Body and it's by Locke Hughes. Chances are you already know that eating too much sugar is not good for you yet you probably are still overdoing it. The average American has about 270 calories of sugar each day. That's about 17 teaspoons full compared to the recommended 12 teaspoons per day or 200 calories, which still seems like a lot of sugar to me. But sugary drinks, candy, baked goods, and sweetened dairy are the main sources of added sugar in our diets as Americans today. But even savory foods like bread and tomato sauce, protein bars, etc., can have sugar. This makes it very, very easy to end up with a surplus of the sweet stuff in our diets every day. And to complicate it even further, added sugars can be hard to spot on nutrition labels since they can be listed under a number of different deceptive names like corn syrup, agave nectar, palm sugar, cane juice, or sucrose. There are a ton of different ways that sugar is listed nowadays, so it's really, really important that you read the labels on your products and understand what the ingredients are. No matter what it's called though, sugar is sugar, and in excess, it can negatively affect your body in many ways. Here is a closer look at how sugar can mess with your health from head to toe. Number one, 
your brain. Eating sugar gives your brain a huge surge of feel-good chemical. This chemical is called dopamine, and that explains why you're more likely to crave a candy bar at 3 p.m. than an apple or a carrot. Because whole foods like fruits and veggies don't cause the brain to release as much dopamine, your brain starts to need more and more sugar to get you that feeling of pleasure. It is essentially like a drug, and it impacts your way in the same way that like cocaine or any other types of drugs that increase your dopamine levels would affect your brain. This causes that gotta have it feeling after dinner. You want that ice cream to tame those sugar cravings and that's because your brain really desperately wants those dopamine feelings. Number two, your mood. The occasional candy or cookie can give you a quick burst of energy or a sugar high by raising your blood sugar levels fast. When your levels drop, your cells absorb the sugar. You may feel jittery and anxious. This is the sugar crash. But if you're reaching into the candy jar too often, sugar starts to have an effect on your mood beyond that 3 p.m. slump. Studies have linked high sugar intake to a greater risk of depression in adults because your body just doesn't know how to elevate your mood on its own anymore. It needs that sugar to do it. The truth is you probably rolled your eyes at the age of 12, but your mother was right. Candy can rot your teeth as well. Bacteria that causes cavities loves to eat sugar lingering in your mouth after you eat something sweet. And we all know that when you eat those sweet things, the sugar particles, the flour, the different things in the ingredients of the particular sweet treat that you're enjoying can stay around your gum line, especially if you're not brushing your teeth or drinking like water or milk or something after you eat that sugar. And cavities like those little spaces in between your teeth and along your gum line where the sugar molecules stay after you eat those sweet treats. So you wanna be super careful about that. Sugar also impacts your joints. If you have joint pain, there's even more reason to lay off candy. Eating lots of sweets has been shown to worsen joint pain because of the inflammation they cause in your body. Plus, studies show that sugar consumption can increase your risk of developing rheumatoid arthritis. So you want to be very, very careful. Your skin. Another side effect of inflammation is that it can make your skin age faster. Excess sugar attaches to proteins in your bloodstream and creates harmful molecules called AGEs, or Advanced Glycation End Products. These molecules do exactly what they sound like they do. They age your skin. They've been shown to damage collagen and elastin in your skin, protein fibers that keep your skin firm and youthful. The result can be wrinkles and saggy skin. Your liver is also impacted by sugar very heavily. An abundance of added sugar likely contains fructose or high fructose corn syrup. Fructose is processed in the liver and in large amounts can damage the liver. When fructose is broken down in the liver, it's transformed into fat. In turn, this causes non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, as, which has been seen as excess fat builds up in the liver, and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, which is a fatty liver inflammation, and steatosis, which is scarring of the liver. Scarring eventually cuts off blood supply to the liver, and many of these people who have this develop cirrhosis of the liver and need a liver transplant eventually. When you eat excess sugar, the extra insulin in your bloodstream can affect your arteries all over your body. It causes their walls to get inflamed, grow thicker than normal, and more stiff, which stresses your heart and damages it over time. This can lead to heart disease, heart failure, heart attacks, and strokes. 
Researchers also suggest that eating less sugar can control blood pressure, a major risk factor for heart disease. People who eat a lot of sugar, at least 25% of their diet comes from added sugar, are twice as likely to die of heart disease as opposed to those whose diets include less than 10% of total calories from added sugar. Your pancreas is also impacted when you eat sugar and when you eat it, your pancreas pumps out insulin. But if you're eating way too much sugar and your body stops responding properly to insulin, your pancreas starts pumping out even more insulin. Eventually, your overworked pancreas will break down and your blood sugar levels will rise, setting you up for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. Your kidneys. If you have diabetes, too much sugar can lead to kidney damage. The kidneys play an important role in filtering your blood, and once your blood sugar levels reach a certain amount, the kidneys start to release excess sugar into your urine. If left uncontrolled, diabetes can damage the kidneys, which prevents them from doing their job in filtering out waste in your blood. This can lead to kidney failure. Your body weight. This probably isn't new to you, but the more sugar you eat, the more likely you'll be overweight. Research shows that people who drink sugar-sweetened beverages tend to weigh more and be at a higher risk for type 2 diabetes than those that don't. One study even found that people who increased their sugar intake gained about 1.7 pounds in less than two months. Yeah, I definitely gained that. Excess amounts of sugar can inflame fat cells, causing them to release chemicals that increase weight. Very, very interesting. Your sexual health is also impacted by your sugar take, and you may want to skip the dessert on a date night. Sugar can impact the chain of events needed for an erection. One common side effect of chronically high levels of sugar in the bloodstream is that it can make men impotent, according to doctors. This is because it affects your circulatory system, which controls the blood flow throughout your body and needs to be working properly to get and keep an erection. Very, very interesting stuff. Obviously, sugar impacts your body in a very, very significant way in such a way that people don't necessarily know or understand. I'm sure that we've always been told in our past, in our history, that sugar gives you cavities or sugar makes you fat. But I bet you a lot of you out there did not know that sugar impacts your body in so many ways, from your joints to your circulatory system, your liver, your internal organs, your heart. So then... For those of us that do eat a lot of sugar, how do you reduce that in your diet and still feel good about your body and yourself and handle those cravings? That's the biggest thing for me is I have a lot of sugar cravings and sometimes it gets so bad that it's like, you know you wanna have something with sugar in it or you're gonna be very, very grumpy. So here are 12 painless ways to cut sugar out of your diet. And this came from paleohacks.com. For those who have been on a paleo type diet or the keto diet, which seem to be very popular right now, know they feel good when they limit sugar. And everyone knows that sugar's a no-no for diabetics, but what about everyone else? Should you try to cut sugar out of your diet completely or just limit intake? Sugar comes in numerous forms and it's almost impossible to avoid if you eat any type of processed or already prepared foods. So what's one to do? Are some sugars worse than other sugars and how do you avoid them? So here's where the article digs into the meat of this, why you should avoid sugar. There are many reasons why you should avoid the sweet stuff. 
It provides fuel for cancer cells. It impairs the function of white blood cells. It promotes weight gain. It makes the body produce less leptin, which is needed for appetite regulation. It disrupts how amino acids transfer to muscles. It spurs insulin resistance, which can lead to type 2 diabetes, and it induces oxidative stress. So there are the scientific reasons why you need to avoid sugar if at all possible, but not all sugar are bad for you. Natural sources like those from fruit and honey and maple syrup aren't as bad for you as those from processed sugars and high fructose corn syrup, but they still can cause your body to overdo it if you eat too much. So there's no reason to cut all fruit out of your diet or attempt to remove all sugar. You could potentially be giving up antioxidants, phytochemicals, fiber, minerals, vitamins, etc. if you cut all forms of sugar from your diet. So now you know why you should avoid sugar and which types are worse, here are some tips about what you can do to kind of eliminate or reduce sugar in your diet. Number one, stop buying processed foods. And this is something that I've talked about in the past on other podcasts. There is probably a very, very large chance that eating processed foods, you are consuming a lot more sugar than you think you are. Practically everything you buy now comes in a box, a bag, or a can. Those things usually have added sugar. Sometimes one food item has four or five different types of sugar added. So check out the box, people. Look at those ingredients listed. If it's got fructose or sucrose or any kinds of sugars in it, you should eliminate it. It's just, it's just that simple. There are a lot of options in the health food aisles and at many different stores that offer foods that do not contain those types of sugars. So read your labels, understand what you're getting when you're getting those processed foods. Number two, make your own spaghetti or tomato sauce. If you can't quite take the step to cut all processed food or ready-made food out of your diet, at least cut out some store-bought tomato sauces. These can have really high amounts of sugar and you just don't need it. It's easy to make your own. Simmer some canned or fresh tomatoes in a pot with some fresh herbs. Even if you add a bit of sugar to taste, it will still be way less than what the store-bought stuff has. And those are some of the items, ketchup, tomato-based products that have a lot of sugar in them that you should try to cut back on if at all possible. Number three, choose whole fresh fruit over juice, dehydrated or other fruit products. Juice, fruit roll-ups, and dehydrated fruit taste good, but of course they're almost pure sugar. Add this to the fact that all or most of the fiber is gone and you've got a pretty unhealthy food product right there. Choose berries, cherries, grapefruit, lemon, and limes over apples, bananas, and other fruit. The former are higher in glucose and lower in fructose and tend to have a lower overall content of good things to them. Four, avoid flavored yogurts. Newsflash, most commercial yogurt has sugar in it of some kind and almost as much, if not more, than eating a candy bar. Do not eat it, instead, Buy or make your own plain yogurt and add fresh fruit, maybe some honey if you still need a little bit of sweetness. Check those labels, folks. If you're getting a Yoplait or you know the fruit and the bottom type yogurts, those ones have a ton of sugar in them and you may not realize how much sugar is actually in that, but you don't wanna be eating 12 tablespoons of sugar when you're eating a simple yogurt because it defeats the whole purpose of eating the yogurt and getting that good bacteria into your gut. Because once you get the good bacteria, the sugar eats through it almost in an acidic manner and creates holes in the bacteria in the lining of your stomach. So you wanna make sure that you're really looking out and watching those flavored yogurts. 
Number five, make your own salad dressing. One of the most common places that sugar can hide is in store-bought salad dressings. You can make your own and this way you can control the amount of sugar as well as salt and oils in it. It's very, very easy to make your own. The ratio is three parts to one, three parts oil to one part vinegar. Great oils to use are extra virgin olive oil, walnut oil, or avocado oil. You can also use balsamic vinegar or other flavored vinegars. Plain white vinegar or cider vinegar works as well in a pinch, as well as red wine vinegar. I love the red wine vinegar. It tastes great in salads. You can also add a bit of lemon juice or a pinch of salt and pepper and maybe some dried herbs. If you still need that little bit of sweetness, try a little dab of honey and keep all of these at room temperature for the best emulsion or mixing of the salad dressing. Number six, give yourself a quota. If you're weaning yourself off sugar, one of the easiest ways to do it is to give yourself a quota when it comes to sugar and use it on dessert. If you normally eat dessert every day, then cut sugar by avoiding all sweets except at dessert. Over the next few weeks, cut back the amounts of desserts you have per week, and another way to help is to replace half of your desserts with fresh fruit. So again, you're getting the sugar still, but it's in a different form that is friendly to your blood sugar and your body. Number seven, give yourself rules about dessert. Leading in from the last point, once you've cut sugar and take back to just desserts, you should then start weaning yourself off desserts. And this is a big one for me because I feel like I need to have some sort of dessert every single day. Give yourself certain days of the week to eat desserts and no, don't say every day that ends in day because that's not gonna work either, but you only eat them on weekends or special occasions and then wean yourself off them entirely. I know that's gonna be hard, but I think it's possible. Number eight, don't keep treats in the house. This is a no brainer. If you have a huge bucket of ice cream in the freezer, you're gonna eat it. If you have bags of candy bars in the pantry, you're gonna eat them. Don't buy it. If you really want something, just get a single portion and half the time you might decide it's not even worth it if you only have that single portion in the house. Number nine, try xylitol or stevia. These are artificial sweeteners made from real sweet, real sugar ingredients. Not everyone can tolerate xylitol and not everyone likes the taste of stevia. I don't really care for the taste of either one of those unless it's masked in something like gum or a product that has a lot of other ingredients. But if you like the taste and can handle it, they make acceptable substitutes for sugar. Just don't overdo it. You're better off just lowering your sweetener intake entirely rather than trying to find an acceptable substitute. Number 10, try dark chocolate. If your sugar addiction comes in the form of chocolate, have it, then it's better to switch to dark chocolate. It's better for you, has great health benefits, and you probably won't be able to eat an entire bar of dark chocolate like you would a milk chocolate bar. Number 11, avoid mixed alcohol drinks. Do you know how much sugar is actually in a rum and coke? A Cosmo? A gin and tonic? A lot. If you must drink, choose wine, straight spirits, or mix your liquors with soda water instead of those sodas and juices because they can add quite a bit of sugar. And then as you're drinking and you're not being consciously aware of that, you can consume more of it than you really intended to and you're getting a whole lot more sugar in your body that you just don't need. Number 12, and this is a really important one, and it is cut out soda. 
Trade soda for water with lime or lemon in it and you'll cut your sugar intake in a very huge way. If you still need something bubbly, drink soda water, either plain or with lime or lemon. And the thing is nowadays we have so many options when it comes to flavored soda waters that have zero sugar in them, but still have very good flavor and can be combined with alcohol in alcoholic drinks to give you the taste, the flavor and the deliciousness without the calories and the sugar. This is really critical and interesting for me, this whole sugar story and the aspects that go along with it. Because like I said, I have had this sugar addiction at many points in my life. And the times when I was at my lowest weight were definitely times when I cut sugar out of my diet. And it's a hard one for me because I do like yogurt. I like blended drinks. I like rum and coke. I don't drink soda regularly as much as I do when I go to a bar and order like a rum and coke. Um, but sugar has definitely been one of my biggest downfalls. And I just ordered a product online today that I'm going to try and I'll keep you guys posted as far as what the success is with this product. But it's a sort of a mint or a pill that you put under your tongue that's supposed to counteract the taste of sugar. So there's two portions to this product that I got. One is an insulin regulator that goes into your body and helps your pancreas develop insulin at a normal rate if it's gotten out of control by consumption of too much sugar. And the second portion of that is a pill that you take before you're about to eat sugar, which eliminates the taste of sugar on your tongue. So when you're eating it, you're not getting the satisfaction that you would if you didn't take this pill. So it makes you less likely to crave or want to eat that sugar. And I just ordered it today. It'll probably get here in a week or two and I will keep you guys posted on what happens with that because I think it's the taste of sugar that I crave for the most part, the taste and how it kind of makes me feel with that satiation and the dopamine that it's coursing through my body. And so I'm gonna try these things and see if it makes any difference, but Again, this week when I got on the scale, I was up probably 15 pounds from where I was three months ago. So that's an average of five pounds per month that I've been gaining from my un <laughs> my uncontrolled sugar and alcohol intake. And it's not just that, but when you're drinking and it's getting late at night, I think you're also more likely to have snacks and eat more than you intended to eat because you're a little tipsy and you may not be regulating yourself as completely as you would if you were stone cold sober. So it's getting to be late at night. I've had three rum and Cokes. It's one o'clock in the morning and I feel hungry because the sugar in these beverages has made my body completely go out of whack. And so I go into the pantry and instead of having five crackers and two cubes of cheese, I'm having... 15 crackers and 15 cubes of cheese, which is undoubtedly way more calories than I anticipate or that I even think that I'm consuming. So it is giving me those extra calories at a time of the day that I don't necessarily need to be eating them. And then I'm polishing that off with, you know, a couple of mini candy bars and a handful of Swedish fish. So it's just derailing my entire diet and causing my body to have these weird blood sugar spikes and dopamine up and down all over the place. And then my body just feels off and weird the next day, or I'll wake up in the morning and just be ravenously hungry when that's not necessarily how things work 
for me, usually when I get up in the morning, I'm not hungry and I typically don't eat when I'm fasting until at least noon. But when I consume the sugar and the alcoholic beverages that have sugar together with that, it just creates this weird kind of imbalance and sugar spikes and hunger spikes and all kinds of other things with my body and my energy levels. So obviously sugar is my, one of my biggest problems and my biggest downfall as far as diet is concerned because I do work out regularly, get that exercise and do, I take my vitamins, I drink a lot of water, but I have been noticing that my diet has become derailed in a major way from consuming too much sugar. So. I'm going to get this new product. I'm going to try to cut back on my sugar intake in a very extensive way. And I will keep you guys posted and let you know how that goes. But this is my diet diatribe for this week. And hopefully next week when I come back, I can give you guys good news about getting things a little bit more under control. So tune in next week when we talk more about our diet stories, exercise, and all kinds of other fun stuff. Good night, folks.